Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. It's been three weeks since our last episode, and Jaybird watching is back on the airwaves. Brendan here in the hosting spot with Craig, Chris, and Adam. Gentlemen, I know it's been a little while. We've had the Super Bowl pass us. Yesterday was supposed to be the start of training camp unofficially with uh, pitchers and catchers reporting to facilities. How are we feeling these days about uh, post-football world and a lot of uncertainty around baseball or just give me how generally how you're feeling too. Empty. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> just don't have anything. I got nothing. It's kind of, it's like we're stuck in limbo and this is like, it's the never ending groundhog day thing of, you know, monotony with whatever the hell is actually going on with what baseball is <laughs> coming with. Right. Yeah. As I uh, was saying before we started to record, um, and then you guys were saying quick, save it for the show was that, yesterday was supposed to be one of the best days of the year. I don't know about you guys, and I'm sure you're very much the same, but the day when pitchers and catchers report around the MLB, or even if it's just a couple teams that have players report, you're starting to see photos of players coming back. We probably would have seen a couple photos of Kevin Gosman in his Blue Jays uniform for the first time. Uh, And there would have been a ton of free agent signings around this time too, uh, if a deal was struck a little bit earlier than this. And as everybody knows, there still hasn't been one. But yeah, it's uh, the three-week absence. I think it's pretty easy to explain, guys, uh, without doing a show. There really has not been anything to talk about, and that's a good thing because it's kind of built up a little bit to the point where we can carry out and conduct a show. So, Eric getting know. sick of playing that Blue Jay? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think we might have to recycle that again, probably. Like, it doesn't seem like they're anywhere closer to getting a deal since the last time we recorded. But I don't know, Craig, give us a lay of the land and what you think in these days about, uh, especially Saturday, because Saturday seemed like such a, a pivotal moment for baseball to make some progress. The, the owners uh, and the players last met on Saturday. And 
I believe the session lasted under an hour again, like 45 minutes. Seems like it's getting like a minute or two longer each meeting. I guess that's sort of progress. And a couple minor things that could move the needle eventually. But Craig, I'll straight up ask you, how optimistic are you that we are going to be able to start the season on time? Unless they're going to sacrifice training time right now, I don't know how they start when they're supposed to. And that's not good for anybody. And right now, I, I don't agree with Ron Manfred's uh, – Rob Manfred's uh, ballpark here on that. We always seem to just get something done in the 11th hour. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Nobody goes into a negotiation just hoping and praying that in the final seconds that everything's going to fall on the line and everything's going to be spectacular. It's not going to be. And right now, it every time it just sounds like they get something on the table from whoever it comes from and it's just a knock that off the tables. We're not even close. And then it takes too long for them all to get back in the same damn room again. I guess the rumor is that they're meeting from what Chris was telling me before the show tomorrow, tomorrow <laughs> at whatever time. So hopefully, you know, Jeff Passon will give us some better news along with everybody else. But right yeah. now I'm honestly in that, like, I, I need I need something to land in right now, and I'm falling out of a plane a thousand miles an hour, and the only thing that's right now that's there to catch me is the damn ground, and it's not going to be a good time. <laughs> Chris, how are you feeling, feeling uh, these days? I know you've been out of the loop a little bit and whatnot, as you were telling us before the show with work and whatnot, but just reading everything on Twitter, catching up with a couple articles, and just your general feeling about the state of things right now, are, are do you think there's any chance they start the season on time? Well, I can tell you one thing for sure, and that as I'm sitting in Montreal, the Expos will not be playing here this year. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, unfortunately, the Expos won't be playing here, and it doesn't look great, I guess, for anybody else to start the year. Um, they could definitely cut spring training down a little bit. As long as they they can't do it like the COVID shortened season where they gave like pitchers what a week or two weeks to to ramp up and then everybody got hurt and it was giant disaster. Um, That definitely can't be in the works. You got to give I would say that you need a month to make it happen. So like there's still another week or maybe two weeks. But like if spring training doesn't start like the first or second of March, like we're, we're in some real crunch time at that point, I think. So doesn't look great. Some things have been agreed upon. I was just reading a little bit through further that it, nothing's officially agreed upon, but I guess kind of a, an understanding of uh, what everybody wants with the universal DH and the draft pick compensation. So um, I guess those are things. They're things, that's for sure. They're things. Yeah, good like, things. Good things. Adam, how are you feeling about all this? Uh, so to 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 sort of agree and to tie this all together when it comes to spring training and how long players need. From my understanding, they need four weeks. That is uh, the the sort of minimum that they say they need to have in order to gear up for the season. So Chris, your evaluation of a month is pretty bang on. Um, I, as a baseball fan, would appreciate the time for them to get ready. Um, Whether the season starts in April, May, or June, um, I think it's prudent for them to give the players the the appropriate amount of time to prepare. 
um, the COVID short season, uh, if my memory serves correct, um, there were quite a bit of injuries either during that season or especially the following season. Yes. Um, so I would like to avoid that as much as possible. Um, that being said, um, it's really hard for me to, first of all, take Manfred at his word. Um, the guy just oozes slime anyway. <laughs> um, you know, say what you want about C-League. At least he got things done in a way. Um, I know there was, you know, there have been strikes. There have been, you know, the steroid era and whatnot. There have been a lot of black eyes on his tenure as commissioner. However, I don't know that he would have allowed this. And it's really hard for me to sing the praise of Bud League too. So I don't want to wax poetically on him. But at the same time, there's just something different about this game. And it's really becoming apparent as a, as a result of these, you know, negotiations and back and forth. And I, I mentioned this before we started recording. It's going to be a little bit unconventional, my take on this. But it's come to the point now, and maybe this is just me being frustrated, that both sides have a lot of blame to go around. And this has nothing to do with compensation. I, I am all for players, you know, making money. But at some point, this game that, you know, the four of us love, we have to admit to ourselves that it's going down a bad road. And it's not just because of the negotiations and whether or not the season will start. It's just the game in general where it's trending. It's going down a bad road. And no matter what happens with this lockout, no matter how long it takes, I know the four of us are going to watch. Diehards are going to watch no matter what. But the problem here is that baseball is becoming increasingly more resilient to having diehard fans want to participate in the game as fans. It's really, really hard for me to look forward to a season, shortened or not, in comparison to the way I used to. You know, yep. the last time I really, really looked forward to a season was probably 2016 as a result of 2015. Right. Be you mm -hmm. know, that, and before that, probably 2013, because that was the first time the Blue Jays made any like mega trades right. to that caliber. Um, there's a lot of blame to go around. And, you know, baseball is constantly trying to reinvent itself while holding on to this romanticism and to the nostalgia of it. And I don't know that you can do that, you know, and at the same time, try to be progressive in the analytics department. I don't think you can do both. You know, so on the one hand, they need to figure it out. The The players have to give a little and the owners most certainly have to give a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody would uh, disagree with that necessarily. I think we're all on the same page. The last time we talked about this and this was probably right as soon as the lockout began and right before Christmas and whatnot that we're all pro player in this. But it does seem as the longer this goes, yeah, the owners will show how selfish they've been in this and how reluctant they've been to give some stuff up. They've robbed the players for a while now. The last uh, bargaining agreement was very pro-owner, and that's why they want to keep it that way. Um, they got to give something. The players also have to give something at the end of the day. Uh, in relation to the delay of the season, the last thing I read was that if there's not a deal in place by February 28th, then opening day will be officially delayed 
how long? I'm not sure. And then you got to factor in the fact that there's still a ton of free agents out there and some really, really <laughs> good ones. And there's a lot of unfinished business when it comes to trades. Like, I think we all expected if free agency in tr- trade season was able to go on another, I don't know, two, three weeks, I think the Blue Jays would have made another maybe two or three additions, maybe one major, a couple minor-ish or good additions. There's a lot of teams that aren't done. They're off-season shopping. So you got to factor that into the equation, too. I don't know if I gave a confidence rating on if the season will start in time. I'm zero percent, to be honest. I don't think it's going to start on time. It's supposed to start May 31st is when the Blue Jays were supposed to start their season at the Baltimore Orioles. So I'll go reverse order this time. Adam, if I gave you an over under of, let's say, 110 games played this season as of as where things currently stand right now, are you taking the over on that or are you taking the under on that? Just to clarify, the season's supposed to start March 31st, right? Yeah. Okay, you said May. How was the Oh, like, yes, oh, right. March. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, um, they might actually start May 31st. Yeah, so you never know. <laughs> you, you really might be predicting something here. Um, <laughs> I, would, I, would have to go, I would have to go the under. I, I, I'm not even sitting here thinking that's a hot take. I might go, and you know what? I wouldn't mind that indefinitely. What, 110? Yeah. That's too short. But 162 is too long. <laughs> How many it's, did we get for the COVID? Yeah. Was that six, 60? 60. And 60 was like a sprint. Yeah, 60 sucked. 60 sucked. That was almost, yeah, 60 was like I was done and over within three seconds. I'm no, sorry. I know, but at, least, <laughs> at least we were excited about that because we legit had nothing else to do. There was no vaccines. There was nothing. Like you could Correct. sit outside the pub. But uh, that was about it. So we were excited for that. I don't think we'd be as excited uh, for 60-game season as we were in 2020 going into this year now that things are pretty much open everywhere. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. you're taking the under on that. If you I'm had taking to, the under. Yeah. If you had to give a number, what would your number be for what you think it'll be? 100? Ooh, 100, I think. That bad. I think so. Look, it, it's not just out of the negotiations. Like, remember what happened last time with COVID? And obviously that wasn't a lockout situation. That wasn't a strike or anything. It was because, you know, of COVID. Yeah. Manfred was like, I think we're, I'm more confident than ever. Baseball's going to start on time. Then literally a week later, he was like, there's, there's sure. a chance. Baseball, <laughs> we're not going to have a season at all. Like, it, he, it was flip-flopping back and forth. So what he's saying in this presser about optimism that the season's going to start on time, I don't buy it he's at lying. all. He's lying through his teeth. And that's just, that, it's a PR. And of course, yeah, that's but he, job. He, he has to say that, though. He has to. It's he his job. To. P- it's his job. PR, really. We're going down this slippery slope and the season's done. Like, he can't no, go but he can say, it. he can be honest and say it doesn't look good. It doesn't look no, yeah, good that the season's no, going to start on time. No, he, he did it already. He did it during COVID. He said, I'm not confident we're going to have a season at all. Yeah, yeah, but that was that was a different circumstance, though. That was because they, he had something to fall back on with COVID. This, the only thing mm. he has to fall back on is himself. And so I, I wonder who he would works never, for. Ever yeah. throw himself under the- Steamroller yeah, is not, what you're saying. Yeah, he's not going to throw himself in the owners you're under right. the bus. Well, that yeah, right. that, that's what I'm thinking. And, and I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that's right or wrong at all. I'm just saying, right, right. like from it's an optic shot. standpoint, he can't do that. Right. You're right. You're right. Chris, so can I be this guy? Just yeah, ask yeah, to make ahead, the terrible joke. 
where I can let Chris run with this. Yeah, yeah. He's got about as much credibility as that guy, Walter uh, Walter Peck from Ghostbusters, yelling <laughs> and screaming at the Ghostbusters. There's a reason his name was that close to prick, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good comparison. And I'm just saying actually. that because I watched Ghostbusters over the weekend. <laughs> and, Fresh in your mind. Uh, Chris, what are you at over under 110, and what would your exact amount be if you had to give one of games this season? I'm a little bit more on the optimistic side because I'm still holding on to the belief that. Uh, and I'm not even I'm only trying to fool myself, to be honest. Yeah, I'm still going to I'm still going to go on the over. But like, Adam, with your. Hundred, that would mean that a deal would have to be struck. Like end of April, end of April. All of yeah. May for spring. Yeah, All of May for spring, and then at some point in June, the season starts. Yep. Which almost sounds right, I'm going to say, but I'm still going to go on the over because I'm holding on to hope that this sport that so actively wants to shoot itself in the foot <laughs> every step of the way is they can't do it to baseball. They, no, they can't. Both the damage is done. But it's not done yet. It's not done yet because they haven't missed and. games. As soon as they miss games, they can't they can't allow that to happen again. It they're going to lose so many fans. Yes. It, because like basket basketball is like growing exponentially right now, especially oh, yeah. with youth. Yeah. Um soccer's becoming massive in North MLS. America. MLS is going to gain from this 100%. Of course they will. I'm not I'm not going to go as far to say as CFL will and like NASCAR is <laughs> well, obviously the rocks hype the other state. night. The XFL yeah. is going to be the next biggest I thing. I was just <laughs> going to say that and I think that is legit because the XFL is from May to Ju- I mean sorry, February to June and I swear that is going to be a huge competition for baseball. You laugh at me now. Because it's the XFL, but anything The Rock touches turns to gold. Anything he touches is successful. Everything. And And I'm telling you, people would rather watch football than baseball if it meant from February to June. Oh, I do have one mention on that whole thing. Apparently, Roger Goodell is a good fan of this show because he stole my fucking idea with The Rock. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was my exact idea for the Toronto Blue Jays. Finally, return to Toronto. Hey, if Roger Goodell listens to this podcast, uh, hook us up with some tickets to some games next year or come on our show. Or we'll just rebrand to an NFL show because apparently they love their fans. (laughs) Yeah. Craig, what are you at over under wise? I'm over, but I'm erring on the side that history is a wonderful mix of repeat. And this is 1995 all over again, where the owners finally realized that, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to finally actually work together. In 1995, they had a 144 game season. That'd be I'm nice. thinking that is that. somewhere closer in the 140, 130 ballpark because I'm calling a met um, right now. From the news that we're talking about here, boys, I'm sorry to say we're going to be playing shitty damn trivia games for another month. <laughs> 100%. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think that's where we're at. I really do. And um, 
Like they're gonna if they're gonna miss games, it's gonna light a fire under one party or the other's ass. Oh, for sure. I can't tell right now. What I'll give you a fifty-fifty on which party that actually is right now. It'll be the owners. They're not gonna miss anything. They are all rich enough to be able to be like, hey, we can't play. It'll be. It's just like last year when the players had to make or COVID season. It was more so the players who made concessions on uh, taking less money. They originally wanted to get paid their full salary for the sixty-game season. That was a little bit ludicrous for only 60 games but at the same time owners have well enough money for that um so i think they're going to wait on the players to concede something uh and that's probably when it starts to miss games um yeah tv advertising shit that's come out since that whole thing the fact that players took a pay cut and somebody else made record advertising money you know there's kind of some fun fighting on the wall (laughs) yeah yeah there really is and look i'm i'm over as well but it's not much more over the 110 mark i'm like i would be happy with 120 I would like I'm thinking maybe in between like 120 130 uh right around That's there. That's kind of where I was. That that'd be nice. Um but I I think we can all easily see a scenario where it is uh under 110, maybe even under 100. And if that's the case, I'll be like Adam said at the top of the show. I think we'll all still watch, we'll all still yes. cover it, we'll all still produce content about baseball in the Blue Jays, but I don't think anybody's going to be particularly happy about it because if that's the case and you have another shortened season, I know nobody saw COVID-19 coming and disrupting 2020 the way it did. Uh, But one full season in three years is unacceptable. It is completely unacceptable. I'm sure you already lost some fans during the COVID shortened season. And then it came back last year and it did pretty decently well. Um, People were back and I think a lot of that was because people were just excited to do things again and go to games and um, have fun social nights out. But if you have another shortened season, Chris, you started going down that that path. NBA will gain from this. MLS will gain from this. The NFL will continue to gain from this. And the NFL is pulling away from MLB and all other sports at this point. Um, but yeah, it's unacceptable. And I'll, I'll, we'll all watch, but I won't be happy about it. I won't be happy about it at all. It'll be kind of like, hmm, okay, I feel like I'm going back to an ex-girlfriend, a toxic ex-girlfriend at that point. But mm-hmm. if baseball, at the end of the day, it'll be baseball. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough, guys. It really is tough. But <clears throat> there was a little bit of, I'll say, progress this past weekend. And it's not even really progress, Chris, as you were alluding to at the top yeah. of the show. Um, Manfred said on Saturday that the league had agreed to, and this is just owners. It hasn't been officially agreed on by both parties, uh, but I can't see the players association turning it down. There'll be a universal DH. I think that personally, I think that's fantastic. Um, gives more hitters later into their years, a job. Like if Edwin Encarnacion didn't play last year, he could have with the universal DH and the elimination of draft pick compensation attached to free agents who reject qualifying offers. So, Chris, you were in the middleman on both of those first two questions. Um, do you think any of these kind of move the needle a touch? Uh, no. They do? Which one? <laughs> that no. was fast. <laughs> no, because we all knew that it was coming, and both sides knew it was coming, so it doesn't mean anything. I think the, the Universal DH, I agree with. What about the removing draft picks uh, associated free agents who reject mm. qualifying offers? Because that weighed players down on the free agent market, and it scared some teams off from paying them. Yeah, but that helps both sides, though. True. So, like, it it, it was going to happen anyway. Um, what I'm really interested in, this is going to take things to a completely different side, and before I forget it, <laughs> about three times again, um, when you were talking about, like, the free agent frenzy that's going to happen, how many of these guys, if it is a shortened season, 
just say screw it, not playing? Oh, probably a couple. Depends like, on the contract. Like what could you see? How do I? I could see somebody like Carlos Correa saying, no, I'm not dealing with it this year. Depends on the contract. What if he gets a 10-year? What if he? What if it's not what he wants? Now, remember, Carlos Correa is with Boris. Right. I'm who saying loves if he, to if, drag things out. But if he has a 10-year, I mean, we're thinking what the Yankees would probably get in on that. If he gets a 10-year deal from the Yankees, I can't see him turning that down. That's security. Yeah, but if he doesn't think that the dog, because everybody's going to lowball. I don't know. I, don't, I think a lot of teams are anxious. I don't. I think everybody was foaming at the mouth a little bit before everything was going on here. Yeah. You saw the frenzy we had right before, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, hurry up and lock up players!" You know, yes. and a lot of that was because of the same things we're talking about here in this conversation: the uncertainty of what the, those new agreements yeah. were going to really lead to. But they're going to have something new in place, and we already have said it about 50 times in this episode. As much as we want to see the players get paid, the owners are going to win at the end of the day. <laughs> so yes. there's going to be something in the midst of this whole thing that is going to keep the status quo just enough to the point where the they're going to just go back to the, okay, great. Oh, great. Carlos Correa doesn't have any traffic for compensation. Giant brick of money. <laughs> yeah. At least that's where I see it, but what do I know? <laughs> I, I'm not so sure. I think that there's definitely some of those guys that wouldn't want to be rushed into a contract no matter what the dollar figure is because the next offseason, the dollar figure is only going up. Mm-hmm. Mm, I, I think for high-profile players, I think you're right, Chris. I can You're right. With someone like Correa, I think it could go either way. But for it someone came out that's, today that Soto – sorry, you have to – cut you sure, off but yeah, it came no. out today that soto turned down 13 years 350 million yeah yeah and that's because he knows he'll get a bigger payday if he gets it next year yep. right so maybe the higher profile play higher profile players might have that sort of leverage but if you're just a journeyman dude you gotta oh, take you, what yeah. you can get you, you gotta take what you can get sure. yeah, really, you, all have, relievers, you all have relievers that get a contract offer will take it uh yeah. all kind of yeah middle of the road guys will but i could yeah i can see the super well maybe a superstar or two waiting and be like no i'll just wait until we get a full season again right i don't um, know because then, any... then if it's a shortened season they're gonna have to figure here's why they can't go into this bs of a shortened season it's because it's gonna be the whole covid thing again of what are we paying the players and like it's a completely separate friggin' negotiation then of how much they're paying and how much the players have to give back and how much yeah. can they Is the push salary money and defer and prorate it. Like it's a whole, it's another negotiation on top of the one that they already have to figure out. And let's not forget that if the owners wanted to do it and the players definitely wouldn't because it would subdue any kind of leverage they have, they could play games anytime right now. Yes, with they, shit talent. They, they yes. could just they could just carry on with the old contract as it stands right now until they figure it out. I wonder if that becomes an option because I know the NFL was going to do that a couple of years ago when they had their most serious lockout. I did, and it's been pl- the players wouldn't do it. I, no I way. Doubt it I doubt. I one hundred percent doubt it too. But it, it, if that's a possibility to get games in and make some money, then they can wanna, do it with minor league yeah. talent. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to keep fans, you got to try an option. For but fans want to see that though, like if players. No, 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 no. I it. mean, play with the under the old uh, contracts uh, scenario. Under players. the old CBA. Yeah. Assuming under, players would agree to that. that idea. Yeah, yeah, players yeah, yeah. would have to agree to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen anything on that yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's brought up as an idea or an option. Like, I don't know how it works. If like, I'm sure you're able to, um, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so my world as an engineer, just to give you this guy, um, because a lot of times we'll sell something, right? And it's this idea and it's going to do X, Y, and Z, right? Well, you might be able to prove that it does X, Y, and Z before it goes to said customer, right? while we're in the approval process of everything, right? The customer will come in and check out things and end up like, okay, we're accepting this equipment to be installed and ready to go with things, but with these things are going to get done before we accept it at our job site. So maybe this is one of those things that during spring training, they have half to three quarters of this stuff. These are the the non-issue things. These are all agreed Let's go to spring training. The players union continues to meet through spring training. These things will be figured out by X date. Otherwise, things happen. Something moving. And they have to get to that point right now. This whole nonsense of the fact that, oh, sorry, we're just going to lose games. Like we've all said, it doesn't help anybody. There's got to be something that's moving the needle enough. And right now they're stuck in neutral and they're not going to get anywhere if they keep doing this. There's got to be something agreed to X. And if you need to go to Y and Z by the end of the thing here to get games going on opening day, get it done. Well, let's, it might help to look at the calendar real quick. So we're all in agreement and I think the players have either officially or unofficially or what have you have agreed. And we've already covered this four weeks. Okay. So that would mean they would have to start spring training no later than February 28th. That's the the last day of February, the first week of March. Okay. And then that would go right to March 31st. Okay. So that's pretty much 30 days. We'll call it just around that. Let's kiss this week. Goodbye. It's It's not happening. No, that would mean next week. There's an agreement in place next week. I don't see that happening. No, no, so it's not I think start, starting Even with Manfred's bull BS, you don't see that happening? And like, no, it's, no. it's not like there's going to be an agreement and next day spring training opens. Like, there's yeah, right. it's a little bit of a They're going to have to give guys a couple of days to get. Like, camps probably could open. They probably, teams probably have people down there. And yeah. whatever, ready it's to go voluntarily or something. Yeah. yeah. To that point, the players union rep for the Toronto Blue Jays, at least Ross Stripling, has been adamant about having the players ready for spring training. And but he's the, been advertising yeah. that as such. I don't know how much everybody truly actually believes it, but the fact that that word has been sent out and that is the 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 gospel at the moment. It means mm-hmm. to me that they think something could happen, but is it likely? Right. I don't see it. I don't what see was it. that? Wasn't that a couple weeks ago? That yes. went out there? Two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, I don't see it. And this is like, they can't go to Dunedin. Their staff, the Blue Jays staff, training staff, cannot legally talk to Blue Jays players. They can't. They. You, this is why we speculated why Boba Shett's dad, Dante, yeah, is that, not with it so that he Dante, can speak to yeah, his son. Yeah, and do that. <laughs> in the, did you guys listen to that uh, interview? No, with Blair, with Blair and Barker. Yeah, it, it was basically so they could talk. Right. And um, it's ridiculous and the fact that they even had to be but, in that ballpark. But they also brought up this sneaky point 
what if it was so they could use that as an excuse to let Dante go around? Because Bo did say as well that he's been around Florida and meeting with Guriel, with Teoscar, with Jansen, with a bunch of other guys. What if it's so these guys can work with Dante on the side? Sure. Hey, I wouldn't yeah. be shocked. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Competitive advantage. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Like Everybody has that same opportunity. I Obviously, we don't have mm-hmm. every team doesn't have the crop stock of ex-Major League Baseball players with sons on our team like the Toronto Blue Jays do. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's look, I, my issue with this is, crying. you know, not just that it's it's a bad look. This is I'm, I'm telling you, I am very worried about the future of baseball, man. I really am. And I used to defend this sport to the death when people are like, it's boring. It's, getting uh, it's harder. not, you know. It's getting so hard, dude. It's it's like defending your favorite TV show that had the shitty, like Lost. It's like defending that show with the shittiest <laughs> ending of all time. And you're just like, no, it, it was a good show. No one believes you. This is the, like, I don't know how it is up north where, where you and, where Brennan and Chris are, like when it comes to people or rather kids on baseball diamonds. When I was growing up, and I know this makes me sound like old man yelling at clouds, even so much as like a decade ago, there were kids every weekend cramming those diamonds. Empty. Empty. And it's not oh, no. just because of the lockout. Empty. There yeah. is no interest from the kids. And what what and Chris, you touched on this, and the NBA is becoming much more popular now in the with the kids, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, right now, baseball is trying so hard to bring in fans by giving them less of a product. That's what's pissing <laughs> yeah. me off. Is yeah. They're literally trying to give you less to make you interested. And to me, it's just easy. And again, this is where I think I'm going to piss a lot of people off. The nerds ruin this game. I'm just going to say it. Uh-oh. The analytics, <laughs> the nerds, the money ball ruined this game. I understand it has a place. I'm upset with you right now. I, I don't care. I Not understand to watch ball anymore. <laughs> there's a place for it. I understand there it, it benefits a team strategically. And but things like, you know, putting in a pitcher for an inning and then you're gone. Or, you know, the evaluation of talent based on war alone and the shift, it has ruined the game. You can say, well, football has defensive alignment. They've had it throughout their entire history. This is a yeah. new revelation in baseball that has completely eliminated everything but the home run. It has ruined the game. And I'm sorry, there needs to be some sort of intuitiveness, some eye, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the eye test back into the game based on feel. It has to, because that's what baseball is. That's what baseball has always been. It's been fundamentally flawed based on human error throughout its entire history up until the nerds. And it has ruined the game. I'm sorry. I I, I know I'm pissing a lot of people off. I know a lot of people from Jay's Journal listen to this this podcast and that are analytically inclined. But I'm sorry. (laughs) They have ruined this game. Wait, if, you, of, if you go back to that interview with Bo that I just talked about, he yeah, yeah, basically I know what says say. that he, he basically disregards anything to do with analytics. Yeah, I don't blame him. That's another you know, reason I, we don't went to his dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, then as a tidbit, it's not meant to be an end-all be-all. It's like, okay, great. There might be something really buried in those numbers, but that is still a hint. It's not, oh my God, look, it's going to happen. Still got to play the game. That, 
this every goddamn weekend, and I wouldn't be sitting in this little tiny room above my house. And I'd have a mansion and a giant studio, and <laughs> which is a lot of people's, have... which is a lot of people's gripes about managers these days, right? Like everything is calculated before the game even happens. Yes, yes. And it's like, why can we not step back and actually look at what's unfolding in front of us? And base our decision off of that. That's why John Gibbons will never get a job again. Yes. Remember when baseball was great? And I really believe the year it died was probably 2016-17. This sounds like the beginning of a Trump 2024. I was going to say, make baseball great. (laughs) Really, when it died, dude. It's it's, eliminate the shift. Eliminate it. Like, the reason why... The NFL will always trump baseball. And I don't mean to use that term. Like, I know we just talked about Trump. But, like, <laughs> the reason why it'll always be over baseball is for players like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, all these players that are exciting to watch once a week. This yeah. is why I think the game needs to be shortened because I, as a father of two, cannot dedicate the time and put the investment in to do three hours every fucking night. I You're not can't dedicated do it. enough then. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I have to put my kids. Damn it for being a good father and there for yeah, his children. I have to. I want to, <laughs> I want to play with my kid. I want to play puzzles and tea parties or whatever with my daughter just so she has the memories. But at the same time, if I throw on a baseball game, she doesn't want to fucking watch that. What you know, if it started at 630? Does. Yeah, come on, six thirty. Just say this is Mister Six Thirty. I would try. Don't get me wrong. I would try. It's not about staying up late. It's the it's the investment of the time. Whereas football and basketball, even who has who have games like three times a, a week, depending on your favorite team, you can make that commitment. You See, really yeah, can. Sometimes, sometimes I feel hockey and basketball are on too much. Yet I love watching baseball every night. <laughs> the game, it, the basketball game itself, is on every night. But the Raptors only play on average three times a week. Yeah, that's yeah. too much. It's baseball. Baseball is great every day when there's a storyline in a series, though. Yes, when yes. like when, that matters. Like the well, Yankee not series something at the end of the that year. Matters. You know what? I'm I'm saying more the one in Tampa when Kiermaier oh, when Kiermaier took the card. Okay, but it's something. It's and that's a, even a division. Like you know, like that, that it means something. Whereas I don't care to watch Blue Jays Pirates. Like I I mean I do care because it's my favorite team. But like there's nothing there and there's nothing going to be there. They play, you know, they're supposed means, to play each other this year, Adam. Are you going to watch? Yeah, of course I'm going to watch. I'm saying, <laughs> as a diehard fan of the of the team and the game, I will dedicate myself to put in the effort to watch. Um, kids are, like, we are the last of a dying breed. Brennan, you specifically. Your age group is it, dude. Kids younger than you are not going to care. They do not want to put the commitment to watch a game of largely inaction for how many how many minutes of action is there really in a baseball game? Twenty, maybe. I don't <laughs> maybe See, it, it's 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 retention. It's the problem is is retention with kids, and I can I can see that doing what I do with air minor softball is that we have ridiculous numbers for the size of our community in our town. Very small in, town. 
<laughs> in like the four, five, six age group. It's after that it fizzles out. It's trying to figure out a way to keep the kids captivated and keep the yes. kids interested at those ages where they start to discover different things and they're not influenced by parents. It's and a tension span, it, right? It's very, very tricky when you, you it, and it is hard because like baseball is just one thing and like we love it and know it and, and everything. But like as an eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old, you have, you got a hockey game you can watch. You got a basketball game you can watch. You got, mm-hmm. Why would I do any of that? You got goatee, you got goatee Titans to watch. You have Marvel to watch. You have Netflix. You have Disney. You have Crave. You have God knows iPads, YouTube. You have everything to choose from. So it's overstimulated. It it is no, and that's it. It is for them. So, So baseball needs to find a way to captivate that audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eliminate the shift. I'm and telling you, can more often like market cool players like Mike Trout and Vlad. Eliminate the like, shift. I don't understand that. <laughs> I, I'm not completely opposed to eliminating the shift, Adam, but like you still have to have freedom within the field. Like I don't mind two infielders on each side of the infield. Fine, you, but you can't you, have four you can, infielders lined yeah, up between right. first and, and second. You can put them, what about four outfielders? This is a really lame yeah. thing to say, but like teach the hitters to hit again. Okay, or <laughs> teach the field, like get it done. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, get it done like you used to. Don't rely yeah. on moving your position so yeah. drastically that we have four outfielders. That is fucking ridiculous that i'm sorry that is not my baseball and i know i sound so old i do but like that is you don't put a third baseman between second and first you just don't if anything at the point i think you need to be relative back to the ballpark of relative to your position if you want to play your shortstop right up the middle fine play it up the middle but then once they go past the keystone there that's maybe the problem where's you draw those lines figure this out to adam's point and then yeah, go from there. The DH thing is going to help with that in the National League. Mm-hmm. So that maybe yes. they finally mm-hmm. hit yeah. one thing right. Yeah. But that's one win with 5,000 losses in the last 10 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. let's start with a runner on second base and extra innings. Yeah, that pisses Fuck, me maybe off. Maybe we, we can it. lose a football game from a coin toss while we're at it. Yeah, oh, oh damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't mind, I don't mind the runner at second. Yeah, I, I, don't, okay I don't hate it. it. If it started like after the twelfth or the thirteenth inning, I would want no, at least two innings of, of regu- regular 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 time. Extra formal inning before you yeah, start yeah, adding. Yeah, sure, I'm fine with I, that. I don't. I'll I don't mind that. playing the tenth as normal and then the eleventh starting that. See, look, yeah. we came to an agreement. I was actually I, I'm 12th, down. 13th, and now so we look, conceded on the eleventh. ABWCBA. Yes. Yeah. The the biggest argument for the shift is well, oh, all these other you play defense differently in basketball, you play defense differently in football. But like I said, that's always been there. And plus, hey, hello, in football, there are illegal formations. Why can't we <laughs> have this in baseball? That's true. Like, you know, we can have illegal for you can't say illegal shift. You can shift your position, as Craig mentioned, through a shortstop cannot go further than second right of second base. You can't. Sorry, and that's the legal formation. Other positions, maybe, yes. is the whole idea of your nine <laughs> positions. Because <laughs> then you're just playing softball. You have a midfielder in softball. Like, no, the I'm Rover. not. 
Yeah, we're not doing this. We're not. uh, You have have that fifth infielder in softball because people like to try and bludgeon the pitcher and take their head off. (laughs) The way to combat that. You want action. That's what kids want is action. And right now with baseball, there are less hits, more home runs, and that's not doing it. You got to put the ball in play. The ball has to be allowed to be put in play to have more action. It's not the time of the game. Football is already three hours long per game, and people can sit through it just fine. It's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. the game. It's the it's lack awesome. of action. That's it. I, it has nothing to do with, in terms of a fan's perspective, of who's getting paid what, how many players are getting what benefit. No one cares about that except for the diehards. If you want to bring in kids, you have to make it captivating, as Chris was saying. You have to get their attention in there. And if people are just hitting grounders to the second baseman that's in – that's playing third for some reason or playing in the outfield. And it's, it's, it's just outs after outs, unless it's a home run. I mean, how many, I would like to know how many doubles were there in last year in comparison to previous years. I bet you it's dropped. Or even like over the last 10 years, it's probably gone down year over year. Yes. Surprise. Go to the, well, I'm glad uh, that they're not bargaining over rule changes right now, too, or else, man, we'd never get anywhere. Manfred's just going to be a dick to make those. That's how it is. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, Walter Peck. <laughs> so I know I know we can uh, – I don't even remember how we got down that rabbit hole, but I'm going to try to steer the conversation back to CBA You're stuff. You're talking about the, the length of games. games yeah, okay. seasons, yes. all good, though. Um, I want to ask you guys – I know we started talking about this right as soon as the lockout started, but I want to know if anything's changed for you guys. Let's start with Craig on this one. Craig, what do you think is the biggest concession that the owners are going to have to make in favor of the players to get some legitimate progress? Like, in my mind, it's one big thing that needs to change on either side, and you will finally make some progress. Your labor sessions might go on for more than an hour. They might go on for a couple hours, or you might meet a couple more times throughout the course of a week instead of just once or six times or whatever the, the stat was since the lockout has started. So, Craig, in your mind, what is the biggest concession the owners have to make to see some legitimate progress in these talks? So I'm going to say it's two things, because one they actually have to live up to because they promised it mid-past season. And it sounds like all of a sudden it's a in debate again. They promised minor league housing for players, period. Mm-hmm. And now it sounds like that a bunch of people have punched holes in the whole rules. And it really is just a lot of bullshit that the teams can still slip through right. and not give housing to the lower single A guys and stuff like that. So they have to make sure that that gets ironed out. And then the other thing revolves around that same kind of player. How do you get young, talented players some kind of a reward for doing their job well? Guys, everybody in this podcast and every freaking Canadian, American, anybody that has ever been an employed person, period. If you do your job well, what do you expect to get in pay? (laughs) And so it's not rocket science. Like it is literally human nature. And to that point, I'm sorry to say hearing what I hear when Vlad Jr. is making what he did last season and was basically an MVP on any level in a world where Shohei Itani doesn't, you know, exist. Exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, no, the, the guy should be making some kind of a profit after that kind of a season. For sure. For sure he should. And it, it, there's got to be a way that they've been talking about in the midst of these negotiations. And a lot of it is a bonus pool. That bonus pool is a one-time payment for you doing your job really, really well. It's not a raise is what I've been hearing. It's literally just, like I said, a bonus 
you were the best player out of all these rookies or young players that are pre-arbitration eligible, you get this piece of that bonus pool. Somebody like Vlad Jr. obviously is going to take a little bit bigger piece of that prize pool versus somebody that was, let's say, a one-war player in that pre-arbitration. Like, okay, great, you get an extra couple thousand dollars. Go buy yourself a nice watch. Yeah, you, <laughs> Whatever cheer, you cheer your prizes based on what it is. Yeah. They have to figure that out. And I think right now that is the biggest holdup right now because that has been a giant gripe for many, many years in baseball. And it's only become more prevalent in the new world that we live in where basically rookies show up and guess what? They rake. Yeah. It's the yeah. whole let kids play thing. And that's back to what we were talking about, marketing your youth and doing a good mm. job with your players and everything too. So in all reality, it's a win-win situation. You pay those players to do well and they'll be incentivized to become one of those guys, if you're backing them up through Major League Baseball to actually, guess what? Put more asses in the seats. <laughs> New kids are fun. Adam, what about you? Is it anything different than what Craig just said? Yeah, it, it's on the same lines, though. But I think the bottom line is revenue sharing. Mm-hmm. Players need a bigger piece of the pie, period. And if the revenue goes up in terms of TV contracts, in terms of merchandise, because let's not forget merchandise is split up between 32 teams, right? So if you buy something like, Chris, your Toronto Blue Jays hoodie, that was split between 32 teams. Like the Blue Jays don't make that profit directly. That all 32 teams get a cut of that. Um, so revenue sharing based on uh, merchandise, everything. Players get a bigger piece of the pie. I'm not saying necessarily bigger than the owners because, as Craig alluded to earlier, that's never going to happen. It's just not. But let's be real. You want to make a fat contract uh, negotiation with the the, uh, the the stations, like the local TV stations that are doing games like Sportsnet or here Nesson or whatever. Um, if that continues to go go up, the players get a bigger piece of it because what are people watching when they watch? Yeah. They're not watching the owners. They're watching yeah. the players, period. So that needs to go up. Watch that guy's rolling around a bunch of money. Yeah. Like there, needs, <laughs> there needs to be a set percentage or rather there needs to be a baseline minimum and it needs to continuously go up year after year, even if the percentage is just based on cost of living in re- relative to them. Right. So I, I don't know, maybe like a 1% or one and a half percent increase every year, you know, because the, the contracts are just going to continue to go up, but the yeah, owners yeah. are going to continue to make more based on merchandise, based on television contracts, based on ratings, what have you, they're going to continue to go up. So if that happens, then the players continuously get more and more split evenly among them. Their baseline salaries continue to go up more and more, whether it's just a percentage, percentage, a half, maybe even two. Um, something needs to be agreed upon. But I think that is the biggest gripe between players and owners is revenue sharing. Chris, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what, I've, been, I've been deep into you trying to answer Adam's question. So Do you have anything? <laughs> About the about the doubles about thing? the doubles? Oh, oh yeah. So I, I, so I, I compared, I compared <laughs> 2021 and 1998 um, just because the game was quite a bit different then than what it is now. Um, for doubles, uh, in 2021, there were 7,863 doubles. In uh, 1998, there was 8,741 so Crazy. I wouldn't say substantial, but it's 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 a good it's over a thousand. Yeah, yeah. I have it down. I have it broken down from Baseball Reference because I actually stumbled upon this too. While Chris apparently took it a different <laughs> avenue, uh, it was uh, basically breaking it down to how many doubles you had per game through the season. Right. That's a good one too. Across baseball, and um, 
the last few years it is definitely down, but to that point, is it down a ton? We're talking, it's saying we had 1.62 doubles per game or uh, yeah, per game. And back when you go into like the early to mid to late two thousands, you're closer to two. And then you go back a few more years where everybody was hitting home runs in the steroid era drops back to funny enough about where it is right now. Because just people were mashing. That's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which oddly enough, you know, strikeouts go up when you hit more home runs <gasps> that happened in the steroid era too. Oh my right. God. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing is it actually, it gets even crazier because once you go back into like the seventies and sixties and that number, it drops to like barely a double a game. So well, there's still more doubles going on than like the quote unquote, you know, I was not around baseball. Oh, I get that. <laughs> I do do that you know what? Think of the hitters back then. Rod Carew, yes. Tony Gwynn in his prime, you know, any of that kind of stuff, you know, it's just crazy that I, you know, you see that, but then to that point, you're hitting 9,000 home runs a year and <laughs> yeah. whatever it was too. It's uh, what I found really interesting was that, sorry, um, like for how people are more center focused, I guess, on like OBP slugging OPS and whatever, like it's all yeah. way down compared to what it was. And it's like it, it, it shows hits are way down. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. It, it, it's way down. Yeah. Like it, it's interesting that people seem to focus on those being the relevant of the the dead stats. Or, or what have you, I guess these were all dirty words, doubles and hits and whatever. Nobody wants to pay attention to it anymore, but like, yeah. so right it, now it, on this same metric, it should, God. Yeah, go ahead. Finish off. Uh, it shows that hits are down to eight hits a game. Meanwhile, you have almost nine strikeouts a game on average. And then you go back 10 years and it's closer to, you know, almost 10 hits a game. And you have only six to seven strikeouts. Again. Yeah, that, that makes a difference. That definitely makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. Too. It always like, goes and, us, but. You know, again, we, we could talk about, you know, d- dead stats, like you said, like these antiquated philosophies of team building and, you know, evaluating talent, quote unquote. But sure. And I understand the game is going to evolve and front offices are going to evolve talent differently. I totally get it. Happens in every sport. I get it. But I think in baseball, it's to its detriment. I don't see it being better for the viewing experience. And when it boils down to, that's what matters. And you think of any other game, any other game, when they try to make tweaks, what are they really fucking with? Like, when you think about the NFL, they make tweaks to what? Penalties. That's it. They're not making tweaks to... You need to throw the ball in this much time. Like you have this much time to hike the. Well, you do. You've always had that much time. You had to play. I got good at plating footballs, but yeah, you've had. You have this much time to take the snap and release the ball. That that's the new rule. Like it would ruin the game. It would absolutely ruin the game. Or if, if basketball was like, all right, we're changing the shot clock to five seconds. What the fuck? Like this would ruin the game. Like you're messing with things that don't necessarily need to be messed with. I don't care how long it takes for a batter to be in the batter's box. I don't care how long it takes for a pitcher to pitch. I don't care about that. That adds the hype. What I care about is the fucking shift. I'm sorry. We got <laughs> off track. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm good. Well, Brendan was going to ask you your your opinion on what 
what what is it? What's going to make the players cross? The yeah, what's the line? biggest concession the owners need to make right now? Is it? I'm assuming it's along the same lines as what uh, Craig and Adam said. If you remember what they said, <laughs> honestly, would it? I'll go a different direction once sure. again, just to take it this way. What it should be is setting up. How do I want to say this now as well? Setting up some kind of subsidized or just fully subsidized housing for players, uh, minor league players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't understand why it's so difficult to set up some kind of like, almost like community housing project or something like, would it, would it cost the owners more to pay players an actual living wage so they could go and play or pay for their own way somewhere? Or would it be better off for them to set up some kind of like player residence or something in each of these towns so they have somewhere to live? On Over top the of long that, run, what what would cost them more? Yeah. Probably probably paying them the living salary. Exactly. Like, so why not set up somewhere where they can actually live? You can like for what what it's worth as well. Like if they're so worried about performance and health and nutrition and this and that, like you could monitor what your players are doing all day every day. Like you can, you can basically track what they're eating, what they're drinking, what they're doing from a standpoint at all times. Obviously there's some privacy issues in that just very basically saying it. I I'm not saying that they're going to just track their players all day, every day, but like you could, if you're going to put such emphasis on like the what the hell is it called the player development yeah yeah the player performance development and high science whatever the hell it is like if you're putting so much emphasis on that why not give the players everything they need to be successful and they might they might be more apt to give you something back in return and your return on investment might be bigger because hey maybe that player that can't afford to do whatever he's doing that you drafted in the 30 something round maybe he was the next mark burley and he's going to throw a perfect game for you and go out and sell how many jerseys for your team and sell how many tickets and how many buckets of popcorn with his face are going to be on it that you're going to sell because some kid sees, Hey, that's my favorite pitcher on that bucket of popcorn. Dad, go buy me it because that mm. happens. Sure. Shit. We all know that happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, like three of us know that. <laughs> yeah, but like, Why not use that money and allocate it to a way that you're actually going to get a return on it then. And I don't understand. And I do understand because the owners don't want to put it out right away, but in the long run, it's going to save you money and it's going to make you money. Yeah. I think because of their, their old school thinking is that it's the drive to make it. Yeah. That's, that's what's making them. Well, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying devil's advocate. They don't care. They care about, they don't care. Yeah. They, they do not care. And devil's advocate 
how many of those players are going to be that guy that's going to be on the popcorn. Like, you have all these players in your player pool, maybe two. Coming up through the system will be that guy, two, three, maybe. Oh, come on, a cup downstairs that's got Billy Koch on it that I had to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wanted that cup because of Billy Koch. I need that cup. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I think they should be putting everything. These aren't indentured servants here, right? These are actual players that are not making a minimum wage. They're people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They, and and they're they, human beings that yes, yes. are I, giving up their life to go on this dream, which yes, it's a dream and it and it could be a very privileged life, but like why not give them everything that they need to succeed at that I level? I agree. I agree. So for sure. Next part on that, that's basically in my opinion, that's criminal, right? And this is more on putting Ron Manfred on fucking blast right here on this whole thing. <laughs> you killed minor league baseball. Yeah. Oh, there's only did four levels of minor league baseball now and you still can't find out a way to fund single a player you know housing or anything we're not talking about the hills of bluefield anymore boys that's an independent baseball league you know i love going there when i went and did all that good stuff and everything down there and watched vlad and eric pardino and everybody play at that level but guess what we're not in the ballpark now where the minor league teams are playing in little teeny, teeny, tiny towns where they're relying on the town numbers to freaking give them housing and everything anymore. We're talking that the single A teams are places like Vancouver, Dunedin, you know, places that are <laughs> full established towns, not in the middle of nowhere. So there's no reason in hell they shouldn't be able to find a way. You know, Dunedin's a good point. They have that wonderful, beautiful new complex that the guys are clearly going to be basically living at but there's not a reason there can't be like a like chris said a community household not five feet down the street instead of doing something mm. like that you know basically like a frat house let's call it what it is frat houses. Yeah. what's the problem here <laughs> they, yeah. train, they home together yeah. they sleep yeah. drink together they come back and hang out and work mm. out yeah you know, it would have to be like uh an established uh sort of I don't know, apartment complex, because you're you're talking, what, like 30 guys on a team, right? So it would have to either be split. You can't have 30 guys in the house, dude. That'd be a that shit show. Possibly we're talking, with families. <laughs> yeah, we're talking 30 <laughs> athletes, 30 alphas in one house. Yeah, no. <laughs> Haven't you seen Revenge of the Nerds? They're called the yeah, Betas. Yeah. <laughs> they will, you know, you talk about affording housing. It's also affording repairs and stuff. Like, it's just not. But I agree with you. It's There's something simple to that. We're not talking. You're talking about okay. What well, the Blue Jays? What have we have right now? We have the Dean Blue Jays, the Pican Vancouver Canadians, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, and the and the Buffalo Bisons. Mm -hmm. Out of those teams, how many of those players got a good bonus? Got enough of a minor league salary? You're talking that some of those people are probably fifty percent covered and well off. So you have to come up a way with those other team members. Fifty percent of the people out of those four teams come up with a way to get them housing we're not talking like think, last year yeah. we have six teams seven teams eight teams deep with some major league minor league teams Manfred took that whole thing and said all these teams are now independent and said dust it you get four teams per my per major league affiliation right yeah yeah so, uh, it's, it's severely consolidated at the same time as the fact that they keep arguing about this. Yeah. Maybe this can be part of what I was saying about revenue sharing, right? Like it's, it, I don't, I don't know enough about economics, but like, there's gotta be some sort of like even or relative distribution 
of the wealth to to the minor league players. Because I don't believe that they should be getting paid as much as the major league players. No. I know that might sound cynical, but like, there's something just it's un- the earn it principle we were talking about earlier. Yeah, you got yeah. you're still climbing the ranks here, right? But you still deserve to have a living wage, right? So there is no scenario in which myself, a mechanical estimator for a local plumbing company, should be making more than a double A baseball player. Should yeah. not be happening. Should well, not happy you do for or yourself. Or at least now. to that point, you should <laughs> at least be making minimum wage and have enough to do what you need to do. Go to McDonald's yes. if you want yes. to, or like you yes. said, have a pot of piss in or any of the above. It's it's sad it's insulting. And yeah. I agree. And and let's all remember as well who is paying the minor league salaries when it was the COVID shortened season as well. Because it yeah, wasn't players. any it wasn't any of the owners. It was yeah. David Price and Company. Yeah. Who were paying the players. Supporting players. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah there's a lot. That just tells you that just tells you how much the owners actually care about their minor league ball systems. Then yeah. the other fun part about this whole thing is that minor league ball players are not a full time employed anything. Mm-hmm. They're a seasonal worker in a lot of consideration, right? I'm sorry so to say major leagues. Yeah. But to that point, major league players are expected to be training all year round. I'm sorry to say that if you want to make it and get to the major leagues, you're going to be training all goddamn year round, regardless yeah. of where you are level wise. Yeah. The fact that it's considered a part time job is the other part of the problem to the housing part. If yeah. you can't get me this, this and this, you can at least give me a place to live. Yep. Mm. Yep. Bingo. Well, I'll give you guys one final thing to think over, and it's a very good article that clearly outlines like where the issues are. MLB Trade Rumors just posted it not too long ago. It seems like a couple things have already kind of been like talked about, and it seems like they could be close to an agreement on a couple different items. And a couple of those, there's mutual amenability to adjusting all three of raising the league minimum, limiting the amount of times players can be optioned, in a single season and changing in the signing process of drafted and international amateurs. That's good. Seems to be some agreement there. So guys, where it really comes down to, according to this MLB trade rooms article is the year is a disparity of about, where's the number here? 38 million uh, in terms of how each party wants to alter the competitive tax threshold. So MLB wants the threshold to be 222 million by 2026 with disincentives that would stop teams from spending money while the players association would like to see uh, teams spend more, which obviously helps them because they could get paid better and not punished. And I've been seeking a new tax threshold as as high as $260 million. So there's a clear discrepancy there, but split it down the middle at 19 million and call it good. That would be nice. That would be nice. And you know what? I'm sure that that might be something that hopefully they can agree upon and whatnot, but it's something that, one of my buddies and I were talking about is like you have the pirates and other teams have like the rays have payrolls of like 30 million or $40 million. And you have teams that have payrolls of 200 or $300 million, maybe not as high as three, 300 million, but there has to be a way to encourage teams like the pirates, the rays and teams that that are like that to spend a little bit more money and pay their good players and rebuild, do it properly. So that's definitely an issue that I think they're going to have to concede upon, but where the big big thing is between the teams is there's an 85 million dollar gap between exchange bonus pool figures so as a reminder for those who don't know a bonus pool is funded by central revenue so kind of like chris your uh, your hoodie sales uh to reward high performing pre-arbitration players 
um, has been a concept agreed to by both parties, though how much these players should be rewarded is the divisive subject. The PA lowered their bonus pool number by 5 million to 100 million to be divided amongst pre-yard performers, while MLB raised their proposal from 10 million to 15 million. So there's a crazy discrepancy on how much it is. And that seems to be the biggest one. That seems, in my mind, that's what it seems to be coming down to, is how much pre-arb players should be paid and how much more they should be paid. It's great that they're making progress on raising the minimum amount for a player to get called up. It's also great that it seems like they've somewhat agreed upon a limiting amount of players' options because that also takes away yes. from service time. So that's good progress. But yeah, that figure has to change, and that's going to be the big one because, like you said, Chris, I mean, I know it seems easy to us. Why don't you split the 38 million difference down to 19 million and call it a day? Um, but it's all at the end of the day tied down to how much players should get compensated for a season like Vlad just had or a season that Bo just had when they're getting paid $600,000. Why shouldn't they get a couple million extra amongst themselves? So yeah. that will probably be the biggest hurdle that they have to cross. And if you have an $85 million gap, that's a little tougher to cut down the middle compared to a $38 million gap. So I don't know. That one seems to be the toughest to me. Talking about the cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So wasn't part of that also the how they were going to in the midst of that bonus bonus pool stuff, the actual shared community money for the other stuff for the to drive you know, um, wasn't that part of the anti tanking stuff that they I were think, also talking so. about with the lottery for the bottom eight teams or something yeah. like that. Part of that, yeah. We're trying to show how that if okay, if you're not going to spend the money to put some kind of a decent product on a field, Astros a few years ago, <laughs> um, that you know, right now you think the p- teams that are spitting at that are like the Baltimore Orioles of For the groups sure. and say, well, why don't we get to get the normal on that? And we have to, oh, you're going to make me spend fifty million dollars on a team this year that we know is going to be shit anyways. But meanwhile, yeah. they. Just, Give Chris, give Chris Davis another tenure of freaking $20 million a year. Call it a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely that ties into it, Craig. Absolutely. And that's got to change, too, because why would those – you said it perfectly. Why would an owner want to spend more money on his team when they know they're going to be crap anyways? They want to be rewarded by being terrible by getting a high draft pick. But the weird thing with that is number one picks – sometimes rarely pan out in baseball a lot do but a lot also don't um so i don't know why they're so married to that concept but it's the most boring draft we've talked about this it's terrible it's the least yeah. exciting draft of them all even all the, of them the, the cfl draft is more entertaining than the mlb draft dude yes because you'll see them immediately <laughs> yeah exactly so you'll see them immediately like all right i'll see you guys in like four years yes. <laughs> like, yeah so I don't know. That's just stuff to look out for in tomorrow's labor negotiation sessions. And it really seems to be that one big sticking point that's going to hold them back a little while. But we'll see what happens. We'll see. Any we'll other sure. thoughts, questions, concerns that you guys want to raise? I mean, I'm kind of out of steam myself. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I love you nerds out there. Don't <laughs> think I'm not I'm I'm not. You know, saying anything disparaging about you personally, but you fucking ruined my game. That's all. <laughs> I don't want to be doing math equations while I watch my sport. Okay. Oh, come on. That's all. You know, you love it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Craig, Chris, Does, any oh, other thoughts? I'm going to be this guy and go uh, get Joe, um, Chris, all upset about Joe Burrow here. Does he make it back to the Super Bowl? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. being the AFC is tough, man. That is a tough conference next year. Like the quarterback pool is going to grow, and it's going to so be they'll, be, they'll be back, and they'll they'll be in another Super Bowl before the Bills are. <laughs> Would you like to make make a wager? 
I think There's we should a... make a wager on that. Would you like to make a wager? Of course I do. We don't have to make it a financial one. We can we can make it fun if you want. No, 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 we don't have to do that. We can say oh, no, that. No, 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 no. It's like you meeting over the honorary Ted Lilly bobblehead. Like eat in the Wild West and in the Wild West and like put a hundred thousand on it. What <laughs> what kind of money do you have? <laughs> I, look, I got I got two kids. I was, just, I was hoping I was hoping you did, and I would just no. Like, <laughs> no, I'm financing we this signing bonus for this podcast that I wasn't aware of. Thanks, hey, just journal. Hey, honestly, <laughs> if, if if this labor stuff continues any longer, we might have to fucking switch over to an NFL podcast. To be honest, yeah. I, I think we'll get a lot more listeners. I think we will get a lot more people commenting, and and there's a lot more things throughout the course of an NFL offseason than an MLB offseason. Sure. So might have to might have to switch it a couple times. Chris, <laughs> if, if if Burrow and the Bengals both yeah. unified win a world uh, win a world series, win a Super Bowl before <laughs> if they win a world Josh, series, you will definitely yeah. owe me a hundred grand. Before before <laughs> Josh Allen and the Bills unified. Uh every they're gonna trade Josh Allen this uh summer. Every JBW <laughs> podcast. <laughs> if, if the Bengals do it, every JBW podcast, I will rock a Burrow jersey. And the opposite, if if Josh Allen does it. Every podcast, you have to That's rock a, a Josh Allen jersey. I like that. For a year. For a year. For a year. <laughs> or a season. Yeah. Okay. Sign, sealed, the- delivered. That should be agreed upon. <laughs> okay. That's easy. You just get a cheap DHA jersey. Who cares? 28, bu- 28 bucks, whatever. From China. Okay. 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 I'm going to be this guy. Did you, so now you've agreed to your wager. Yeah. <laughs> 100000 right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Monopoly money. Sure. Okay. There you go. Did you see the graphic? Uh, it's been circulating on Twitter after, um, you know, Dan Marino and Jim Kelly Jim, were going, Jim don't Kelly, worry, yes. son. Yeah. But, <laughs> How do I delete this tweet? <laughs> CBS Sports tweeted out earlier today, and it's a picture of, you know, Joe Burrow looking rather, like, what's going on kind of look on it. And it says, each of the last 16 quarterbacks to lose the Super Bowl in their debut have not made it back to the Super Bowl yet. And this list is kind of crazy. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, Russ Grossman, Matt Hasselback, Donovan McNabb, Stan Humphreys, Neil O'Donnell. <laughs> that one is not surprising. Um, Drew Bledsoe, Chris Chandler, Steve McNair, Kerry Collins, Rich Gannon, and Jake DeLome. That's yeah, a bunch pretty of, bunch of, list. Bunch bunch of has-beens. Form. Yeah, Burrow's I, better than all of them. I agree he's better than 90% of the people on that list. Yeah, Jimmy 100%. Garoppolo and Rex Grossman are the exact same person. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. I just I just couldn't believe that. I saw that, and I'm like, that can't be right. So I went and fact-checked it, and I'm like, no shit, it is. Matt Hasselbeck actually made it to a Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just saying. Burrow's well, better than all of them. And well, you know what? He'll get back. Good. Sorry, Brendan. Uh, no, I was going to say, I think I think we've agreed to end every show of football talk at this point from here Let's on do out. It. <laughs> Go Bills. Uh, Anything else you guys want to add before we sign off? No, 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 because we're going to go find another rabbit hole. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Exactly. We're going to cut well, it off while it's fresh. Thank yeah, you, everybody, for bearing with us through our own little internal strike. Uh, just given the fact that we really didn't have much to talk about and we didn't want to overload you with Blue Jays trivia games. Uh, you'll either probably see us again in two weeks, maybe three weeks, depending on what happens with labor stuff and uh, how we all feel about doing episodes. Uh, but we'll be back again. Don't you worry no, maybe about we're that. Back we're not tomorrow. going away. 
Yeah, yeah, we're back tomorrow. Exactly. Actually, we should we should, we should do a live stream during the negotiations and talk about tweets as they roll in from Jeff Passan. How about that? <laughs> one thing that politicians ever did, and we'll admit that we were wrong. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, you guys know where to find us, Jaybird. Watching on Twitter, we are the official podcast of Jay's Journal, and shout out to Stadium Scene as well. Always seem to forget to shout out Stadium Scene. Thank you for continuing to promote our shit. Um, any final comments or questions before we uh, do two claps and Ric Flair? Let's roll into it. Let's do it. Let's. Oh, wait. Jesus. I already said. Come on. Back. You fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Woo. Let's, Let's go, go Blue Jays. Jays. Figured the luck out. Okay. Yes. I was about to go get my drumsticks and count off, man. <laughs> <laughs> to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering so you can plan with confidence free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected and 24 7 customer support means you can travel worry free Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.